0: Welcome to Marta the Minimalist, a podcast for entrepreneurs like you looking to minimalize your life, business, and mindset. With your host, CEO, speaker, and best selling author, Marta Saray Greca. We're
1: going to go live on Facebook with Joy Buffolini, recording our newest episode of Marta the Minimalist podcast, where I bring you aspiring or even established entrepreneurs amazing tips from the best experts in the world out there on how you can declutter your life from all the shit that you don't want to deal with anymore so that you can leave room for the abundance and prosperity that you truly crave. So today's guest I have is very special and near and dear to me. She has been my own business coach and mentor back from when I was making 30K years and overwhelmed, stressed, quite frankly, dangerously so, and um, has taken me to the where I'm at now, easily reaching 40K months and beyond, supporting my family financially as we also have a multimillion dollar land development company that my husband has built. So before I go on though, before I ask her all the questions and she's gonna tell you this, only three things you need to focus on. That's simple as that. Only three things. I do want Joy to tell us Joy, who are you? Why should they trust you? Why should they listen to you?
0: Uh, well, first of all, thanks for all you shared there. It's been, you're near and dear to my heart too. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like you're sort of like the poster child for a Simplify to Multiply success. Although I've had so many you know, <laughs> clients come through that have had um, so much success mm-hmm. by keeping it simple. But we're so aligned in philosophy as well. We share the same hometown, even though I no longer live in um, Pittsburgh and just love seeing your family grow and you grow at the same time. It's just been wonderful. So I'm Joy Buffalo. I'm the creator of Simplify to Multiply, Um, and it's all about focusing on the simple things that will help you scale your business. I've been in business for over 10 years now, hard to believe. (laughs) Uh, First as a mindset, first as a life coach, trained as a life coach, then I moved into mindset coaching for entrepreneurs, then I moved into business coaching in the last five years where I've, you know, we're approaching 2 million um, in the life of my business, most of that just in the last two years. And it's not because I switched to business coaching, it's because I switched to my zone of genius which actually includes a lot of mindset and life coaching too (laughs) because especially for us as women it's all tied together you know we can't just segment like i need to do my marketing well it includes what's going on in your mind and your time and your energy and all those things too so um we share those themes of minimalism and simplification marta that we know are so important I have a special needs daughter, Amber, who's now 21, a young adult, hard to believe, and two other kids. So I've had a lot on my plate for these 10 years that I've had my business, and we've gone through some very difficult times, traumatic times with her health and and all that she needs, the level of care that she needs. So I knew if I was going to have the big growth that I desired, I had to keep it simple. It was non-negotiable. Back in 2007, I had a nervous breakdown and completely burnt myself out from seven years of just like being a high achiever, being super mom, doing all the things, everything I could possibly do to get her to walk and talk, right? It was so much guilt, responsibility, everything. And I did not have the mindset tools to know how to manage that. And I had to really build that all from the ground up Build my health back too, um, until you know that a few years later, I worked with a life coach, which I had never heard of such a thing. And all of a sudden, it was like, ding, 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 you know, I used to be a teacher, I was never going to go back to being a teacher, obviously, we would really see that coaching was the path for me. And that was part of my next step of purpose. So I'm really passionate about women not burning themselves out and I see so many women trying to grow their business going 50 different directions doing all the things in the hustle you know working 60 hours a week and, and getting minimal traction oftentimes or some of them do get some good traction but it's not sustainable so um those are the things that are really important to me and kind of really how that simplified a multiply brand was born it's out of my story and necessity. <laughs> <laughs> and then me sort of blazing a trail on a simpler way for women to grow to, you know, levels like you're at of, you know, multiple six figures and beyond.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you shared how you yourself had to keep it simple because that's just the way that life was for you. And you had no choice. So can you tell us, for so many people out there that are constantly joining new courses, trying to find new launch strategies, hurrying up and doing these complicated funnels, trying out different landing pages and all that all that good stuff that can work if that's your jam, for those of you who are like, I've tried that, I don't actually... Or I've never tried that because that is so not my jam. And if that's what it means to be successful, I'm out. Can totally. you tell them? Yeah. Okay, what's what is the quickest, simplest, most direct path? What are the only three things you need to focus, need to
0: focus on? on? Yeah, absolutely. So, and I want to caveat by saying, like, I started going down that road of like complicated funnels and right. trip wires and all these landing pages and you know, customer the ladder <laughs> and yeah. all of that, and I my eyes were crossing I'm not a tech person. I mean, I could hire, I hired some of it out, but it just, it just did not match my personality. Um, and so I, I probably invested around I mean, $200,000 plus in my business, in the life of my business. But, you know, some of that was in things that I thought, well, this is how they say you should grow next. You know, if you want to go from six to multiple six figures. And I, I started getting, doing down that complicated route. And I was like four months into a six month program that I paid, I think $12,000 for. I was like, no, I'm not finishing this program. I'm not doing any of this. (laughs) So I feel like that was a valuable experience because it Contrast gives you clarity too, you know, where you really feel like I don't like this model. I don't like this, you know, all of these complicated things to manage. So, um, so that really gave me clarity and really my simplified and multiplied brand was born in 2018, when I created a course called that. And my coach at the time, which I think you should almost always have a coach in your world of some sort, um, Mm -hmm. because there's things you can't see. Um, I'd come up with a name, simplified and multiplied. I'm not even sure how I came up with it, but I I knew that I was good at keeping things simple. That was just naturally who I was too. And she was like, Joy, that's not the name of your course. That's your whole brand. Mm -hmm. That's it. I'm like, you're right. (laughs) So we got the registered trademark, you know, kind of went with that philosophy from them. But really, there are just a few things that you need to focus on. And I'm going to share those three things. And then there's like a fourth one that a little later on will be important to focus on. But these are really all you need to focus on. I mean, if you just did these three things every day, you, you could be successful and grow. Number one is serve your current clients well. I know that seems sort of like, duh, but I want to make sure that we keep that at the forefront, that whatever clients you have, you serve your clients well. That's important. That's being an integrity. I have seen a lot of coaches that, that spend very minimal time with their clients, don't get to know their clients, or they just like you know, have content mm. serving their clients or, you know, they, they've got all kind of clients. If some are happy, some are not, you know, it doesn't, they don't really care about the clients and all they care about is growth and marketing, you know, and mm. I do not think that that's, that, that's out of balance and not sure we're here for service. Yes. We're a business and we make money, but you know, serve your clients well. So that's always top priority. Number two is create content that is speaking to your yes client. Okay. So, will define yes, client. That's like my version of ideal client avatar. (laughs) I think it defines it a lot, a lot better. And if you think about a signature offer, maybe that those of you watching have, a signature offer that you have, and really knowing, who is the yes client for that program and i'm not talking about how old they are are they male or female or this or that i'm talking about like where are they at in their journey whatever your industry is you know what are their what are they thinking and feeling what have they tried already to solve their challenges you know everybody has this journey that they're on Um, and i and when i talk about um creating content again this is really really simple like most of you are probably already posting on social media right posting on instagram or you're posting on facebook or you're sharing some emails um but there's a difference between just putting content out there and putting really thoughtful focused content out there this is the biggest needle mover for all of my clients is changing their content okay when your content really gets into the head of your yes client then you start getting their attention but what a lot of people do is just like throw something out there a quote an article you know like a thought for the day or something like that and they they sort of become this what i call likable expert right where people like them they follow them maybe they come oh that was so inspiring you know which there's nothing wrong with that content but it does not bring you clients (laughs) and it doesn't really position you as a specific type of expert so Mm -hmm. Um, And you know this, Marta, you know, in changing like your content and the more you dial it in, like the more leads that you see, the more people are leaning in, the more people are engaging. And especially if you have high ticket offers, which is what I mainly teach is offers that are 3K or above, you can, first of all, scale up a lot faster that way and up to that point in your content. Yeah. So that's one, serve mm-hmm. your clients well. Two, uh, share content that gets into the head of your yes client. What are your thoughts on that second one, Marta? There's so many different angles to that. I know it sounds simple, but the- yeah, no, mm-hmm. but it, 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 it
1: definitely goes in. And yeah. by the way, guys, if you're watching this on a platform like Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, where you can um, comment, hmm. please mm-hmm. do comment. Have you tried those techie systems? And how is this resonating with you? Does this feel like almost as if your mind is saying, that's too simple. There has to be more than that. And that's because your mind might be saying, might be overcomplicating it for you in a way that's uh, almost self-sabotaging. So uh, I it definitely is on point with everything you've taught me and everything that I, I like to preach as well. And it goes with that old, uh, um, that old story that's actually in uh, two, which is a book that you introduced in one of your programs that talks about, it, it brought it back up. It talks about the fly just keeps banging against the glass and all it had to do was turn and go out the window, right? Or go out the door. Yeah. That's perhaps what might be happening to you as a listener that you were continuously uh, posting or talking about this one package or program because you think that that might be the best seller. You think that that's going to be the thing that people are going to want to buy and that people are going to be willing to pay for. But if it doesn't feel in alignment, which I was in this game for so long, so long selling packages and services that I just felt that's what people would be willing to pay for. So that's what I'm going to keep doing. And I was stuck at a certain income level. Once I myself discovered coaching and and, and then began to speak to my yes client for coaching exactly who I I love to to work with, that's when it quickly started to scale. And and it goes along with also with uh, Joy, what you said of. Pricing your packages according to the uh, to the must-have expert that you are. That's where that quick scale will come from as well. So totally agree. What's number three?
0: Absolutely. So number three, I mean, again, it seems sort of obvious, but it's engage with people who reach out. <laughs> <laughs> when your content is really on point, you're going to get people commenting. You're going to get people DMing you, inquiring, wanting to work with you, and people booking calls with you, right? And it's this sales process piece. And the cool thing is, is that when you really know your message, and it's, it's a process, you have to get curious with it, you have to do some deep dive. Like you said, Marta, your offers have to be what you want to be doing and who you want to be serving and how you want to be serving them, not just like what you think people. Will buy or what people want you know there's a whole philosophy out there of like find out what people want and create a Package around that, you know. Well, I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs do that, and they don't love serving those clients. You know, they're trying to be happy and enjoy it, and they're not loving their business because they haven't really started within first. So when you're when you're starting within first, and you've got that engaging content, um, this last piece of reaching out to people, act, uh, people reaching out to you, and engaging with those people who comment um, is pretty easy to do. And I'm a I found that. The, the biggest um, growth um, for my business has come from being consistent in a Facebook group. I've been growing it since 2016. Funny enough, I just had someone come into my Quantum Leap program. She said, I was member number 67. I'm like, what? She said, I came into your group when you started it years ago. She didn't know what year it was. It was 2016, early 2016. She said there were 66 people in and I requested to join. She just now became my client. Five years later, right? And she said, I've been watching you for years, life's been happening, I went a couple of different directions, now's the right time. Like when you when you nurture, and I knew who she was, and she'd been in touch and she comments in my group, like you build relationships. You know, when I say engaging with people, it's not just sales, it's that nurturing and people knowing that you care about them. And if they put a thoughtful comment to reply back to them, you know, or sometimes somebody who's really active in my world or ask a great question, I'll voice mess, send them a voice message, you know make it personal. And and some people think like you have to be kind of stoic and like only unless they book a sales call with me will I ever talk to anyone. Um, I, I think it's really important to build that know, like, and trust factor. And for people to know, you know, you're a real person share content about your life as well let people get to know you Marta, i think you do a great job about that you know with sharing about your family and real life behind the scenes and you know people want to work with a real person they don't want to work with some unreachable guru
1: <laughs> and i did want to uh, chime in also that i believe yeah. i was in your audience for a couple years before mm-hmm. i reached out and it's it's almost like when the student is ready because yeah. if i had reached out back when you when i we first connected i don't think i would have been ready for the level uh-huh. of growth that God had in store for me at that time. So totally, right time. totally. There's
0: right time. There's a right time for everything. And I like to keep that in mind in a sales process too. You know, if someone okay. is interested in working with me and for whatever reason, they're just saying it's not the right time to honor that. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not about like really manipulating you know, what I think people should be doing and when I, you know, I really do think that there's a, like you said, a grand plan for all of us and timing. And when we're ready for different levels of growth, my quantum leap program is called quantum leap for a reason, right? (laughs) And, you know, having a good vetting process is also important for your, for clients that come into programs. Um, I found as well, again, a part of this engagement piece of just when do you know that someone is a right fit and not a right fit? And part of being a leader is telling people if you don't feel that they're ready or they don't have, you know, enough things in place. Um, right. Another philosophy I hear out there, you know, in just in the service-based industry is like, if you're delivering a services, you know, if they want to pay you, let them buy from you, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. anybody who wants to work with you, you know, or, you know, hire you or whatever your industry is. And I actually don't agree with that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think it's important to have boundaries and you're going to have way less drama in your business. Mm-hmm. And you have good boundaries about who you work with, where they need to be at to be ready for a specific, you know, package or program. And um, it just makes, it just makes for a lot more, more peaceful, um, a more peaceful, um, in relationship with that client and also just across the board in your business, you know, as you bring on the team, you know, honestly, I like to treat my team just like my clients, you know, that I care about them and I nurture them and they're first, they're right up there, you know, (laughs) on the list. Um, and so that's so important that, that engagement piece, yes, sales is leadership, Um, but leadership sometimes is also knowing when it's the right time and when it's not for people.
1: Yeah. And going back to your number three, having a media company, we will get people inquiries, right? But I would say then there's a big block that we have to help people through because then once they get the inquiries, there's not a system in place to keep them organized, to follow up, to close the loop if it's been a while, or the client kind of feels frozen when they get the inquiries, they don't know what to do next. So I love that in your program, you help uh, clients to work through that as, as well as I, I'm also able to, um, when you're talking about vetting your clients, yeah. who's your ideal client? Who's not your ideal client?
0: That's, that's a great question. Cause I work with women at three different levels of business Mm-hmm. So kind of that pre six-figure, six-figure to 200K and then the, you know, multiple six-figure. So my ideal client isn't defined by that actually. And I love each level, you know, for, for, for different ways and different things. Um, my ideal client, surprisingly, even though I never talk about spirituality, I do talk about mindset It's Mm -hmm. someone who is very spiritual, actually. That's almost all my clients will, you know, will end up having conversations and group calls and it goes totally woo, as you call it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's like, isn't it interesting? Like you'll you'll attract people who are a lot like you if you are being yourself online. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to say, um, this is what I believe and this is how I think and how I feel. You can, you don't have to, but I, I think my ideal client is me six years ago, or four years ago, or two years ago, depending on which program you're talking about. And it doesn't mean they have to be a business coach, it just means their, their personality and their values, and how important their mindset is to them, they already know that and they've already done a lot of that work. A lot of those things are, are aligned. So when I do like a vetting process for a program, I'll ask certain questions, specific questions, that will kind of tell me they need to go here, they need to go here or they're not ready for any of these yet, Mm -hmm. you know, um, based on their answers. And that's sort of a fine tuning process over time where even now I don't do sales calls anymore even. I do the whole Mm -hmm. process through messenger because I do have a sales process, right? People have to follow the process and they have to answer the questions (laughs) and answer my follow-up questions because I really want to, I'm gut checking for that match. And I think the more and more you get to know your yes client, again, it could be a different yes client for different programs. You almost intuitively know it's like an energy kind of thing, like either it's there or it's not there. And, um, you, you don't have to say no. I mean, you don't have to say yes, you can say no to, um, you know, give them another resource or another direction if you don't feel like someone's a good fit. So that's part of growth too, is are having these, you know, these good, I'm not going to call them boundaries. I'm going to say standards.
1: Mm-hmm. That's you a know? good energy shift too. Yeah. that. I know that you'll agree with when you're getting from the point of like, I, I want to close this deal I got to get this client because I want the income and I really want it. Uh, and it shifts to, are you going to be a right fit for me? It's such an energetic shift, yeah, even absolutely. from the standpoint of the law of attraction, when you're so you're too eager and you'll work with anybody, it kind of does create a, a block for growth. Whereas when you're so confident, what you have to offer and who, you know, will, will Skyrocket and thrive in your programs, exactly. that you become the must-have expert, mm-hmm. as opposed to you catering to whoever is willing to pay for your stuff, right?
0: Absolutely, and you know what? I I um, compromised on this a little bit last year, and this was like after COVID hit, and people were scrambling to get online, and people mm-hmm. that maybe had you know we're going to pivot to something completely different or were established in person but not online just didn't have enough confidence and ownership of what their new direction and you know well let's let them come in you know we'll figure it Mm -hmm. out and some of them i did not i you know can say this here like they weren't great clients they didn't even do the work they weren't ready you know and it was more of a compassion like i felt bad for them like they lost this business or they haven't you know this doesn't you know you know, everybody's sort of in a space of confusion and uncertainty. And I thought, well, I can, you know, I can do this. I can do this. (laughs) In retrospect, like, no, it would have been better for me to send them elsewhere, you know, because what we were doing in that particular program, while technically from an income standpoint, they were there, they just weren't ready from a mindset standpoint or enough foundations in place. So it was a lesson learned, right? Right. That, you know, it's how important that is to know who you are and who you serve and to really hold to that.
1: So I know that regardless of this, you've transformed many lives. And I know that I've said this many times before that uh, being in business coaching for me was life-changing even with my relationship with my husband. I talk about that a lot, how we I was like throwing the D word left and right um, and definitely not coming from a place of love. Right. So learning to love and prioritize and boundaries and positive mindset in the business rippled into a more loving, peaceful family life and and a better marriage. So that would be my, you know, my winning story. I love for guests to share one amazingly winning story that they're just, that lights them up. What What would yours be?
0: Yeah. Oh, I can. It's my pillow moment. (laughs) Pillow moment.
1: What is that? What's a pillow moment? moment. I've never heard of that.
0: Yeah. So this was back in 2016 and Mm. I had not been, I had not been growing. And a lot of that was like my own um, belief of what was possible for me. I had a lot of limiting beliefs because I thought, well, I have this ambition that I have all these extra things on my plate, having a special needs child. So even though I'm trying to keep it simple, you know, and I, you know, decided not to go all these complicated ways, you know, I just can have to settle for where I'm at, which was like I never made more than twenty thousand dollars a year before twenty sixteen. That's six Mm -hmm. years. That's six years. Mm -hmm. That's a long time Mm -hmm. um, to be stuck there. And and I started out more as hobby passion. So I can't say in the first couple of years, it was about making money, but then I was like, Oh, my kids are getting older. We need more money. I'm going to have to go get a job. We've got debt, you know, all this -hmm. stuff. So anyway, um, I had this moment and I, I had so many like try and fail moments, or I call it goal trauma of like, have a goal and I don't reach it. And I mean, Brian had to hear a lot of that, unfortunately, but we were, I finally got to this point. And I think all of us get to this point sometimes with something that it's important. And you know, something has to change. I had gone on some job interviews for like marketing types of jobs that would have paid the bills, would have paid the private school tuition, but I was like, oh, this is just suck my soul. This is not what I want to do. And it's got me to that tipping point where I drew a line in the sand. And Brian Brian remembers we were in our bedroom and I'm like, I'm doing this, Brian. I'm doing this. I'm going to pay the school tuition. I'm going to make six figures. Like, this is and he's like okay 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 and i could tell he wasn't like he didn't want me to have any more goal trauma or any more disappointment so he didn't want to get too excited and i picked up the pillow off the bed and i threw it across the room with a few expletives which was unlike me (laughs) he was like okay all right (laughs) and literally after that i went into my office took out a piece of paper I'd say I'm going to on, focus on this, this, and this. And one of them was starting a Facebook group. That was one of them. The other one, grow my, start an email list, you know, upload, raise my prices and start creating packages like right away, one, two, three, you know? And I made $104,000. next in the next 12 months like Mm -hmm. the next year we were almost at the end of the year the next year and then the next year two hundred fifty thousand dollars. it was just like once that sort of bridge was crossed and i was fully embodying like i'm gonna stop tolerating the debt never having enough money feeling like i'm really terrible at business because it started to eat at my self-esteem i really had to just claim that for myself and choose confidence even though i didn't have the evidence of it and it was like everything just was just forward, forward progress, um, great momentum after that. But I had had a lot of buildup and I did a lot of mindset work, tons of it from 2000 to 2016. But I wasn't really applying it. And I was still coming up with a lot of like excuses and stories like, why I can't do that. Why that can't be me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it was a lot of identity Mm -hmm. too, like really choosing myself, like I'm going to do this. I can do this.
1: Why not me? Yeah, like, I mean, goal trauma is definitely a thing. I, I remember when I wrote my first hundred thousand dollar check to myself, I was like, "Yeah, I could do it." And then it, like, within the next month, I started to hit ten k months. Yeah. And then there's other been other times where I've written astronomical big checks, and I wrote it, I put it on my vision board, but I didn't believe it. So. there's a, there's a connection with that too, of setting your goals. Do you actually believe that you can reach them? And it sounds like in your mind, you were setting goals, but maybe not perhaps truly believing that you you could. So it's, it's all having all those things in alignment and also trusting, like, I want this goal. Maybe God's vision is different than mine, but I want this. goal. And If it's on my heart, he put it there. So it's going to happen at some point. Right. You
0: know, kind of like what you said too, I think, there was a lot of untangling of old things because, and, and building, like, uh, you know, from my very religious backgrounds that was fine and I'm grateful for it, but I had moved a little different direction and just untangling some of my old beliefs and money beliefs and negativity around money that I think I was still holding on to unconsciously. Um, you know, of course, it was perfectly fine for my husband to get promotions and make more money and that was always celebrated, but like, why would I think that I? I couldn't, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, be allowed to make, you know, six multi six figures too, you know, it's just kind of interesting. So I think, I don't know that I was ready to have a six figure business,
1: Right. I,
0: I don't think I was quite ready. I didn't have enough, um, although I've always been like an emotionally strong person. I just, my mind wasn't in that place that I could be ready to own that. You know, right. there's so many fears around, you know, like everybody has around family criticisms what are you, they're always we're, all, we're always like what is it you do you mm-hmm.
1: know is mm-hmm. that
0: like is that like in the bible <laughs>
1: All those I love things. that, no, is that
0: like no, in the no, Bible. No, right, <laughs> no judgment, you know, it's fine. I mean, it was
1: like, uh, yeah.
0: this is a big, a big deal. The first time I went to actually see a counselor psychologist to help me with my trauma with mm-hmm. Amber, that was like a no-no. So there were a lot of big breakthroughs I had to have from kind of my old way of thinking, but once they broke through, you know, once I, once I, I stayed persistent and it did break through, like, yeah, keeping it simple, Absolutely, you can grow really quickly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But a lot yeah. of people keep it complicated because it keeps their current story. It keeps the current MO, it's like they're busy, busy, busy and not getting any results. And they can blame other things other than really looking internally too.
1: Yeah. I think we have a similar story in that sense too, where I I grew up in a nonprofit organization. My parents are still very prominent members. So I don't speak out in public where my parents are, I, I need to see this, but in private spaces like this, I will bring up, that it is very much a mentality of servitude and sacrifice and poverty is to be honored because of the founder of the nonprofit. She gave up all, and even the main players in the nonprofit, they give up all of their physical belongings, all of their income, and it all goes to the nonprofit and they live in, you know, communal living and things like that. And I, even, my mom will forward the, word of the, the word of the day, which word of life of the day, which is like a scripture from the Bible with a synopsis. And the other day it was serve everybody at all times in any way you can. And it's like, that's a lot of pressure.
0: It really does. Like, you know, sort of the sort of undercurrent of like, you don't matter, you know, Mm -hmm. serve at all costs. And I was very, very busy in my church. And I started breaking free from this thinking whenever my daughter's in the hospital for weeks on end and the church is like, Mm -hmm. hey, how come you're not teaching Sunday school? How come you're not, not you know, like,
1: hello? They always ask the busy moms, like, (laughs) is it because we're we're pushovers? My
0: (laughs) my daughter's in the hospital and she stopped breathing last week. Oh boy, yeah. You know, and it just started making me question, like, why was I doing that? Was I doing Mm -hmm. that because my heart was calling it to, or like you said, it's like more like,
1: the call for servitude it's a duty it's an honor to be you know right yeah it's so like you're yeah
0: yeah so any spiritual practices that are important to me now they are i know that they're right for me when they're respecting me and i'm taking care of myself and i'm not sacrificing myself because you that never gets you anywhere you know and a lot of people will get into this sacrifice mentality i've even seen it with women who were successful in their business where they're overgiving, overcommitted, stretched too thin, yet they're making good money but they don't even have the bandwidth to really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, or to be able to, you know, be able to take care of themselves, you know, people sacrificing their health their well being. It's like business can almost be like a form of religion. You know, if we're not careful, right. we can get a little obsessed about it. You know, absolutely, and things can get out of balance, just like it could in other areas too. Yeah,
1: I mean the the workaholism to mask whatever other issues might be underlying that are keeping you from just being able to enjoy just being. Um, I think this was a really good conversation. Where, Where can they find more of you, Joy? I know we have a link in the description in the platforms that we're sharing this in. I'd love for you to share anything that you have coming up that may be coming up and where they can find you.
0: Great. Well, you can find me if you just type simplify to multiply with Joy Buffalini into the Facebook group, into Facebook search bar, you'll find it and the link is there. And I share the majority content there. You can find me on Facebook. I share content on my personal profile as well. Um, I do have an upcoming workshop series. So it actually starts October 11th. So that's just coming up next month. And I'll be announcing that on my social media profiles, but it's called master your messaging for consistent high-end clients. So- Mm -hmm really great five days of teaching you're going to have some follow-up work to do my team and I are even going to give you a bit of coaching on what you're what you're learning and what you're implementing on and it's not unusual for workshop participants to get a new high-end client or two just mm-hmm. from implementing what I share in the workshop so I'm, I'm really excited to I've done this one I think this will be the third time I've done this particular workshop and it's just so good and full of so much value which is why I'm excited to run it again.
1: Yeah, it's good stuff, guys. And uh, if you're watching this on Instagram, LinkedIn and Facebook, you will have a direct link to it so you can easily ask to join. And if you are watching on those platforms, Joy will be tagged. So if you have any questions for Joy or any comments, you can certainly comment and she'll be notified and and she'll engage because that's rule number three. So we're going to hold her to it. Right, guys? (laughs) All right, everyone. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.